0: Copyright avoiding intro music I did it I recorded live it I middle did I die die did I die die die
1: die the die in Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. Following Israel's failure to form a government, and what does that mean? That means there was an election, and the parties that won the election couldn't get together and figure out squat. No, well, they couldn't form a coalition. They couldn't agree on squat. <laughs> we want too much. We want too little. We want to give away power. We don't want to give away power. We, we want everyone to wear big rubber noses. Whatever it was, no one would agree. So what happens actually is the previous government continues, which, hey, works for them because some of them didn't even get you back know, in after the election.
2: Why was the 20th Knesset dissolved?
1: So the 19th Knesset, not the Knesset, but rather the ministers, mm-hmm. the uh, secretaries, the way it would work in the United States, the, are still in power on the
2: nineteenth. Yeah. I, I, no, I'm talking
1: about. Chakhad. Yeah. Is still but, the minister okay, of justice. But
2: the, we just the twenty first.
1: Oh, uh, so the twentieth. Uh, yeah. The, but, so the twentieth is still in power. So, I'm here with my daughter, who actually is heavily involved in one of the political parties.
2: What did what? I get myself into by doing that? Really.
1: Uh, you certainly got your phone to ring every five minutes.
2: <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
1: So, what the heck's going on? Let's talk about some of these fun parties. First of all, let's talk about Zahut. Okay. What the heck is. Now, Zahut is headed by somebody by the name of Moshe Faglin, who uh, joined the Likud. He was part of a movement previously, a, a protest movement in Israel. It was about 50, 20 uh, years
2: territory.
1: ago. In Called the Zohar Terenu. Uh, that's right, yeah.
2: Zohar, Zohar terenu. terenu. Not in yeah. I apologize, mm-hmm. am I wrong?
1: And uh, then. He eventually joined the Likud and actually got about, I think, 25% of the movement was kind of behind him, but
2: Netanyahu
1: outmaneuvered him on the list and he basically got sick of not being able to actually get in the Knesset, even though he had quite a bit of influence. And so he bailed out on them and then came back about five years later and now has created a niche party, which stands for, I'm not sure.
2: What? No, he's clear. He's, I mean, he has a whole book on his platform. So, I mean, like, who writes a whole book of a platform? Like, I I don't think any party in the history of man...
1: Well, in Israel, they do. In the the U.S., to come out with a multi-hundred page party platform, which no one actually pays attention to after party meetings or party conventions, is normal. However, in Israel, it definitely isn't. As a matter of fact... I think over the last four or five elections in Israel, the parties have moved further and further away from actually standing for anything.
2: I can agree with that. I think that, though, having a platform, understanding the ideology is important. He's very clear on what his ideology is, and I think that if you read his book, if you go on his website compared to many others' okay, websites,
1: but, okay, so you can get a very so clear what, idea. Okay, so what is the ideology? Because it seems I, to be such a The ideology
2: is get the government out of your life, okay? That's pretty much it. Get the government out of your life, okay? Yes, there are certain basic things the government should run, okay? But the more the government's out of your life, the happier, basically, you'll be, and you will succeed more economic-wise. You'll succeed more business, uh, whatever, in many different avenues and areas. Um, his slogan is, take back your freedom.
1: So, in the U.S., we would call that libertarian. Okay, in Israel, um, in Israel, that range is probably what we would call far down the bizarre realm. Because the Israeli government, well, actually, the U.S. government's gotten pretty involved in everything over the last 15 years as well. But the Israeli government's always been... Heavily so,
2: involved in... Heavily well, it's
1: socialist-oriented. So it closely manages, for example, the whole... Healthcare market and system. There really isn't a healthcare market. There's a healthcare. Well, there
2: is. There's
1: a healthcare ministry. There okay. is a ministry,
2: but it, there is a there is a healthcare market. I will explain. Being that I also am the founder of the Israel Migrant Foundation, that like if a drug company, for example, Allergen wants to come and sell yes. medication. Um, they do sell medications, or like try to get doctors to prescribe more of a certain medication, uh, certain medication to people. Um, how much money can be made? There are also medications that, for example, are not well. Well, the the,
1: so there's always ways to manipulate the system. But for example, if I decided today, I want to import an MRI machine into Israel. Yeah, so you I have couldn't.
2: to go. You have to go through the health even
1: ministry. even even if I wanted to bring it in for private use, or for my friends, or to give it free to a hospital. I literally couldn't do that because the there's complete control on MRI machines in Israel. Yeah, that has to be approved yeah. through the Ministry it, of Health.
2: The, the Ministry of Health has a bit too much control, but on one hand, it's a good thing. On one hand, it's a bad well, thing. I, I don't
1: want to get into Whatever. the whole how how the a, healthcare it's system is It's in its, own, Israel it's, its own
2: ridiculous uh, issue.
1: But the point being, so if I say get the government out of your life in the U.S. Unless you're, you know, unless you're like a contractor building houses and you have to deal with permitting everything or you're in a business that has lots of license controls, Uh, most people don't run into government on a very frequent basis. Yet in Israel, people probably do. So it's really a foreign concept. Does he really think that's going to fly in Israel?
2: Listen, the support he he gained uh, over the five, six years till elections and during the elections really brought up that there are serious issues here. And I agree there are serious issues. Um, the country is very bureaucratic. The country is very involved in your everyday life. You pay very high taxes here, for example.
1: Well, so so for example, he, you know, in this policy-ish idea, you know, uh, one of the areas which runs stark headlong into the wall of how the thinking in Israel is, is he also, as part of get the government out of your life, part of the government in Israel is a certain amount of societal, religious operational controls. Like public services aren't provided on Saturday, on Shabbat. Yeah. Okay, that's a Jewish religious thing. And one of his one of his parts of get the government out of your life is and that includes
2: separation of church and state
1: separation of church and state so
2: i think that's a very interesting question for israel if there should be separation of church and state because let's be very realistic for a moment the Rabbanut, the rabbinate of israel is a complete disaster currently
1: now that's not because they are a jewish religious organization that's simply because in the end government is government and most of the israeli government offices run equivalent to the DMV in, in the <laughs> United States. Just not places that you want to spend time with Byzantine processes and not very helpful personnel. No, I,
2: I don't mean like like bureaucratic government stuff. I mean bureaucratic by the fact, for example, um, that the get process can be a nightmare. Or let's say someone's making Aliyah to Israel, and they're a convert, or they're Jewish, but the Rabbanut won't accept it.
1: Well, again, that goes into the Byzantine process. There's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of necessary paperwork. You have, you have to bring paperwork from approved, known organizations. So if you don't know what the process is... Forget about knowing the
2: process. Why is the process such a nightmare? It's like someone made a conference. They're like, guess what? We're not going to recognize the fact that you converted to Judaism. You're not like Jewish enough for us. You're not kosher enough. You're like, what well, is it?
1: I'll tell you what it is, okay? The question is, uh, Israel is a first world country with a first world economy, which makes it a valuable destination for people who want to come, get benefits and support from the government for arriving and live in a first world country. What if everyone in Sudan arrives tomorrow and they wrote on a piece of paper, my rabbi says I'm Jewish.
2: But, like, if you're getting it approved by a based-in in the United States or England or... Because, it,
1: because it's the same answer. There are people who say they're a based-in who aren't. There are people who so basically you can pay they're, off.
2: basically, they're, they're somewhat justifiably torturing people.
1: Well, so, so what the Rabbe is saying is, here's official... A based-in is a Jewish, Jewish religious organization, a Jewish religious court, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, here are ones that we recognize around the world. Here's ones we've interacted with that we understand our professional or appropriate religious organizations. By the way, they're not even saying that they necessarily have to be Orthodox, they're saying they have to be real. As opposed to some guy See, sitting I, in his garage I find, I find generating paper that. on his laser. I,
2: I, can, I can understand that, but I still find it an issue with that because, you know what, not every person, when they go to a based-in, is necessarily going to go to a based-in approved by the government of Israel. What if Ali, like you've never thought about making Aliyah, and then suddenly out of nowhere, like two or three years or 20 years, or you're suddenly 50 years old in your life and you're like, hey, I'm going to get on a plane and move over 3,000 miles away and change my
1: whole life around. Right. And so you want to arrive in Israel, you're going to get some tens of thousands of shekels of financial benefit. You're going to get the benefits of living in a first world country. Okay, that's not a new benefit if you come from America, but it might be a new benefit if you come from um, Argentina. Not that Argentina is not a great country, but, you know, it's it's not... Necessarily financially at the same level, how do we know you're real? How do we know you're not just doing it to get those benefits and get out of your situation? If what if okay, there's 10 million people now in Israel, yeah, right? What if 10 million people arrive with papers saying we want in?
2: I understand still something doesn't sit right with me. Any who's a Jewish country should a Jewish country be run as according to Jewish law. That's the, that's the essence of the question, if you're gonna have separation of church and states. And in a place like the United States, I can very much understand it, because the United States is a place of many different religions, okay, or atheism, and you have your choice. Does, is the country a believing country? Yes, it's stated clearly in the Declaration of Independence, but Israel is, I feel, well, different.
1: America has a strong culture in the December holiday season and the November holiday season, and the October holiday season. Almost ev- almost yeah, almost everywhere you go in the United States, you are flooded with cultural icons, influence, sales, materials in the store. Listen, Israel has a culture like America was heavily influenced by the majority Christian culture. And the holidays were oriented around the Christian holidays, mm-hmm. whether you're a you know, Christian or Jewish or Hindu or Muslim or none of the above in the U.S. Still, that's where things are culturally oriented. In Israel, the cultural majority and cultural orientation is Jewish. So and the holidays are Jewish. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot and... Pesach.
2: That's true, but should we allow those who are not religious? Basically, change the question around this way: um, Should the Israel, a Jewish state, be run according to Halacha, Jewish law?
1: Well, the, I, I, as soon as you go there, I think you've already you've already made a mistake in the thinking. Historically, it never was, even in the times of David HaMelech, King David, and even in times of Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there was the strong religious structure, and there was the secular governing structure. For example, it discusses in the Gomorrah that the king could decide to execute somebody even if the Sanhedrin didn't, because the secular society has the right to impose laws on top of the religious structure.
2: So... For the year 5779 or 2019, is it appropriate for Israel to be run in a Jewish religious way?
1: Well, it's not being run in a Jewish religious way. I know, but is there an appropriate, should, that,
2: should that be the goal?
1: Is there an appropriate balance? There is a balance that says things like, you have the freedom to do what you want. You may observe the Sabbath, observe Shabbat, or not observe Shabbat as you wish. It's a free country. Okay, so let's say no I'm someone gonna, not
2: religious, you know, and then I say, oh, because of those religious people who live, who live for example in Nebrak, in Jerusalem or Ashdod uh, i can't have buses in Ashkelon for Shabbat
1: well yeah and that i think is fair because we are a jewish country therefore for you know in Judaism we don't do certain activities on the Sabbath on Shabbat one of those includes driving and therefore to spend public funds on those services is out of line with Jewish values. On the other hand, ah, what so you choose is, to do is, in your life
2: is holding Jewish values. The the state holding a religious side because
1: of course like, it is. Of course it is. It's no different than by by the way. Most of the countries of the world have a religious value structure. It's foreign to the U.S. because everything is defined by freedom. But by the way, you obviously know if you walk down the street eating a hamburger on Ramadan in most of the Muslim countries, if they don't kill you, there's certainly people that are going to come out and chase you down the street with sticks. Okay. And in, although this is no longer actively the case, if you're in many European countries, European countries, you know, England has an official religion. Great Britain has an official religion. The coat of arms of many countries has the religious symbology of their religion. And in the past, That religion was relatively tightly integrated. By the way, you remember, we lived in New Jersey. You remember the city of Paramus? Great shopping malls. Religiously closed on Sunday. Uh, It it is illegal to do commerce in the city of, of Paramus on Sunday. Now, they certainly can't write down that's because of the Christian Day of Rest, but that is why it's there.
2: So do, for example, those that may not hold the same religious level as Orthodox or ultra-Orthodox people have a point in saying we should have the benefits, I guess, if you want to call it that, of being able to lead, lead our secular lives? Or do they, is there a point in saying, okay, there's Jewish values right now, and we should hold by these Jewish values. And this is what we will consider for our country regarding marriage, this is what we will consider for divorce, for uh, other ritualistic things and other holidays, or is it better to say there should be a separation, people should do whatever the heck they want, and that way it won't cause a huge rift in the society here?
1: There's gonna be a rift this way, and there's gonna be a rift that way. The question is, is there a balance? Right, I think Zohut comes and raises a point that this country is is far too bureaucratic, and it's far too. Although they've given up a lot of the socialism, uh, it's still far too, if not socialist, far too way too bureaucratic. It is in many ways challenging to start a business you've got to involve a lot of professionals because there's a lot of Byzantine government processes and everything else if you wanted to run your own bus bus line in Tel Aviv on Shabbat you can go run your own bus now there may or may not be regulations about whether you could actually accept the payments okay or whether and there might be regulations about whether you could compete with the city even though the city choose, it does not run the bus. The
2: city just puts out a tender, and then whoever is like okay, the cheapest wins yeah, the Yeah, well, tender. I understand,
1: but that also means since the, you said the city puts out a tender,
2: yeah,
1: that means you can't run a competitor. Ah,
2: uh, okay. They
1: said there's one bus line, so the law maybe, and I don't know if this is the case. Uh, the law maybe you can't run another bus line, right? Okay. Because that is the approved bus line. So I for understand. example, we have a we have a city bus that comes down our street yeah. every 15 minutes or every half hour, whatever it is. The three or four different lines that come through, yeah, yeah. those are the approved transportation ministry approved lines okay, for our area. A, so, but there's
2: a there's a private bus that goes through this neighborhood as well. Is there? Uh, yeah, yeah, it goes through like a, at least five times a day if not more, and it's it's a, it's way cheaper like if I want to get on Jerusalem something Okay, so that's a, so that's the question. It may,
1: it may or may not be that you can compete,
2: and their buses are always you could, full.
1: That you could legally choose to compete. If you can legally choose to compete, compete. And if the public service is empty because of it, then eventually so, they can so, shut down the public so, service. But
2: no, but like part of his stance of separation of church and state. This is part of why he got so attacked, especially by the right community and the religious community in the last election. Was for example, uh, he had someone in. His list against uh, Brit Light said that the Hokechametz, where the country sells all chametz of the country, and um, businesses are not allowed to own chametz, uh, they have to sell it to the rabbinate, um, should be canceled.
1: That's almost silly because it's it's almost purely symbolic. It has a religious significance, but it's almost purely symbolic. So that going and raising issues like that are ridiculous. Okay, raising an issue against. Uh, circumcision, that's a much more major issue, which in Israel is going to touch a major nerve, and we're not, although there's some European countries that have tried to say, mostly by the way because they were worried about female circumcision, but of course it falls over onto male circumcision, are trying to say that it should not be allowed because the human should have the right to choose, which they can't do until they're 16 or 18, which obviously violates our religious principles. You're not going to turn around in Israel society, which is a, if not a religious society, a Jewish traditional society majority, and turn around and say circumcision is a bad thing. That's stupid.
2: Okay, so...
1: And that's, a, and that's going to get a reaction from people against you. That's just
0: outrageous. It's going,
2: it's going off the deep end. So why do you think that failing the who party lost this current election. Do you think they have a chance in the election for the 22nd Knesset? Is it worth it for them to uh, join up in a technical block or run with another party? Will they do such a thing? Um, are their supporters complete nut jobs, as the media and people say they are? Have well, they we, taken things to the extreme? Is it all about the cannabis? Uh, well, that,
1: by the way, that's, that's one of the ways I think that he got at least half of his support was uh, there's been... There's been parties running in Israeli elections for probably the last 25 years uh, called the Green Leaf Party, which has been trying to legalize cannabis. And Israel's actually come a a bit of the way along the way. There is limited legalization of of, of medical cannabis. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And that I mean, took that on as a significant issue. Again, freedom of choice. Now, by the way, you would say freedom of choice of cannabis, but not freedom of choice of heroin. Or opium.
2: No, listen, I, I personally see medical marijuana as a medication, just like you go to get your Tylenol to, at the pharmacy or you would go get your Moxipen, okay, with a prescription, because a lot of medications are only given with a prescription. You should be able to get from your doctor a prescription for medical cannabis for whatever health issue you have.
1: It's a reasonable choice. It's a reasonable, very reasonable position. But he's trying to make it fully legalized. I don't even know if I if, if there's necessarily a problem with that or, or not. Obviously, there will be some societal problems. I think if we look at what's going on in Colorado, they're suffering from some of them. Uh, you know, new problems of people being overly oh well, Overly high. Anti- overly, I, I want to say
2: intoxicated. We want to say intoxicated,
1: but overly high. And is that affecting driving? Is it affecting job or whatever? Um, and is that better or worse than people... Drinking for example is alcohol better or worse all interesting things that that we'll see These states work through as they deal with it, but it resonated in Israel It definitely got him a good portion of his support uh, most of his support seemed to be young people it, very young It
2: was not only young people. I must say like a lot of parties like Merit and even the Arab parties had people come over to Zuhu um, because of the liberal uh, thought process for the economy um, and the the concept of you know of freedom, how that would have actually played out if he got in, I don't know. But this is part of the discussion here. So because um, he
1: didn't get in, and because some of his positions, I think, were
2: extreme, crazy,
1: extreme over the edge, and some of the things, some of his um, people on his list running for yeah, the Knesset rep- were, representatives. were over the edge. So I think he's. I think he's done. Right? I think that
2: Why I, do you think he's done? Is it because, because, like, because one were, round of getting all the young people? Because like what I'm hearing is like no other party has a platform. No one goes into depth about the changes they want to make and their positions that they hold and their plans for the country security-wise, financial-wise, uh, healthcare-wise.
1: Listen, there were two parties that invested quite a bit of effort and quite a bit of money and had a lot of presence that failed. Failed means they didn't break the, the uh, three member barrier, which means they didn't get the what is it 120,000 people per seat. Okay. They, so that means they need 243 like around 360 they didn't need, they didn't get the 300,000 voters they needed okay okay or whatever the exact number is, but it's somewhere in that range and therefore they didn't make it in the Knesset. You had the new right party with yeah. Bennett and Shaked. Who had a very big presence in the previous government, well liked, particularly Shaked, who was who was still is because the new the government justice has not the justice minister, um, and they were expected to do very well, and but they didn't get in. Okay, they didn't get in. They got really close. I think they were yeah. down, they were within a thousand votes or something.
2: Yeah, I think it was but, in less than a thousand, something like five hundred votes. Okay, but
1: mm-hmm. they didn't get in. Mm-hmm. And similarly. You had the zahut party, which I think they also weren't that short. I think they got, got two and a half seats worth or something like that, okay. and they didn't get in. So the first rule of when you didn't get in is, I mean, the rule as a voter is, you probably are not going to do it again because your vote was wasted. Your brother voted for for Yeah, uh,
2: yeah I know. For I Zahoud. have friends that voted okay. uh, for Zahoud and as well.
1: he definitely won't vote for them again. Um, somebody else in the family voted for for. New right, and who didn't get in, and he won't vote for them again.
2: So the question is, really, is by rerunning again, he's just sticking his head in the sand, so to speak. Like, he knows he has no choice. Was it a mistake of his not to join up with the United Right Parties, meaning Ba'i Yehudi, Khudlomi and Otsma Yehudi? Even if it was just going to be a technical block, um, instead of, like, a party currently, like, blue and white... Did he make a mistake by not joining them to be able to he definitely made, he definitely his made a agenda mis- further?
1: He definitely made a mistake. If he mistake, if he had joined them, there would have been two more seats and the and Netanyahu know, would have just formed a government.
2: Um, who are the Who voters? Are they the swing voters? Are they voters that are coming from the left and center to the right? Are they swing voters?
1: They're edge issue voters. They're issue voters and they're edge voters.
2: Okay. Explain that. <laughs> well, no, just for the people that understand. Like, for example, I can understand why people, for example, are voting over uh, what they hold security-wise. Well,
1: the Greenleaf, the marijuana voters, consistently are probably one seat.
2: Okay? And I don't they even voted think in... that they're one seat. No,
1: I think they are. And they've consistently voted in every election, and Greenleaf continues to ra- has continued to raise money and exist. And
2: they're not. You know, but there are plenty of parties that continue to raise money and exist, but they never pass the threshold. Right. There were 41 parties running. How many parties actually got a number of votes that was like more than because five or six? Because of votes? the
1: excitement around him with that idea, plus the libertarian idea, libertarian voters, economic voters, are not a big block in Israel. People aren't voting that uh, the taxes are way too high. That's kind of like just a given. Everyone comes so up with it. But
2: what if you manage to convince the people that they are too high? That you're like, listen, you know, you could right now have ten thousand shekels, but you don't because more than fifty percent of it. Well,
1: is if, if that was his pro- if that was his primary issue that he was talking about on the news all the time and in his ads, maybe he would get more attention. But it wasn't
2: because because he focused on the medical marijuana, or because he focused on too many things at once.
1: He focused on too many things at once. He kind of focused on the higher level generic freedom concept and instead he should have focused, yes, on the marijuana because it's a it's an issue that gets attention. He should have focused on freedom from bureaucratic hassle. He okay. should have sat there and said, do you like going into social security office? No. no do you does. like going into licensing office? No. Do you like going
2: into tax office?
1: No. Let's make it so you don't have to. right?" Um, and he...
2: Oh, I'm sure that would have gotten a whole different level of attention. You know,
1: instead, he was just like all over the place. All over the place, libertarian, uh, too much religious control, too much. You know, it, just, personally, in my it opinion, focused. I
2: mean, I felt that he had a different speech for every type of constituency or crowd that he went to. That was the problem. I think you need to stick to one message. Which is
1: which is one of the reasons why he it came out with the feeling that he was a flake. He actually was. He actually was. He had a consistent laundry list, but it was a laundry list. And because it was a laundry list, he he gave the impression from being previously a very serious guy to being very flaky.
2: Okay, so now we're having elections again in September for the 22nd Knesset. Does he stand a chance? Should he join, for example, the United Right Parties and then maybe he has a chance? Or do you think that they will in no way ever sit with him? Does he have a chance to, for example, sit with Yemin al or team up with Likud, um, even though Kahlon supposedly signed an agreement with Likud to run with Likud?
1: Well, again, uh, Bibi is a vicious political player. True. Very true. So he needs to have enough support to form a government, but at the same time, he's not... Letting people gather power to take him down in the future. So, if you know, that was the same question with Bennett. Uh, is, could Bennett move into Likud? I, could, I don't I could, know I Bennett. Could,
2: Shakeda I could see. I couldn't
1: him, see but. Netanyahu allowing him in Likud. Same thing with um, Zuhud. Okay, he's not going to allow these people in Likud because he was chal- they were challenging him in the past. Okay. So it's. Too much uh, control issue. So no, I don't think I don't think Feigling has any chance of being offered to rejoin Likud. He's also too flaky. Likud puts on the impression of being a ruling party. Mm-hmm. As a ruling party, they're not going to flake all over the place. True. Okay. The new right. I'm sorry, not the new right, but the uh, United right. Mm-hmm. I think would be foolish to let him join them for the same reason. You got. If he's coming in, on one side you've got Otsma Yehudit, you know. Torah and the land, key issues, right? And then he's sitting, and and although it's not their position that Torah and the land means a uh, very strong religious controlling state mechanism, um, still he's on the other side saying, give all freedom by eliminating as much function of government, including in particular, at least some of his people have mentioned in particular, eliminating religious functions and control of the state. Which so that means, scares
2: people, which especially the
1: religious really well, people. Well, it doesn't just scare. You you have their, their opposites. You okay. can't you, Opposites can't run together. They, they You have to be either complementary or complementary or able to ignore each other's, but that's that's so
2: opposite. Think,
1: so that's like that that's like labor trying to run with Lacuy
2: okay so he, so despite what he said you really think and his announcement this morning that he will be willing to run with another white-wing party he will not be successful
1: I don't think the other I don't think the right-wing parties would be wise to bring him on board
2: so who would the right-wing parties be smart to bring on board from the right um, sure head? If they can convince her, I'm sure Netanyahu is trying to entice her very I'm well. I'm sure,
1: and Bennett wouldn't be a terrible choice either. So you're saying although, try
2: to bring on yamina Sadash?
1: Although, well, yeah, except for the fact they split with them, and therefore there was no chance in the world that that the egos would allow for it, because you the people who won, you know, the even though even though Yimena, uh, even though um, uh, the United Right mm-hmm. only got five seats. Still, some of the people who won this is their first time up on the top, and that's a big ego boost. Look, we won, it was because of us. It wasn't because of them. It was because Bennett and Shaked uh, walked away from their natural constituency, and the natural constituency stayed with their national core, which is national religious party, settler party, etc. All these things stayed together in mm-hmm. that in the uh, united right. OK okay. Um, Fagling, if he toned down and dropped a lot of his insanity, would fit that. But I think he showed that he was going the other direction. So I don't think that's a fit. And because, like I said, because essentially Bennett attempted to screw what became the United Right, of course they would say, you know, this doesn't really work together.
2: Would uh, Bennett have a chance if he ran with the United Right?
1: Yeah, then they probably wouldn't have had five seats. They might have had six. I mean, they would have had, let's say, seven or eight, which is essentially what he had in the last election. They would have came out with eight seats. Uh, It would have been uh, Shaquette and Bennett at the top, and they would have formed a government with Netanyahu.
2: Interesting. I agree. Well, um, I can't wait to see what happens with this. I mean, everyone's going to take two weeks to a month to start rolling again. Everyone was really hoping, even though... Everyone said there'd be elections, that there wouldn't. It's a really historic moment, actually, the first time that the government's completely uh, collapsed like this and lasted less than two months. By
1: the way, if, uh, you know, speaking of your personal involvement, if Otsma, uh, assume they continue to do what, assume Otsma and the runs together with the United Right, they should be well-positioned to move their person back up to where they should have been. Well, I
2: completely agree. I think there's a lot of negotiation to do. And part of the negotiation is how much each party brings to the table, as well as proper placement. I think that there was a lot of amnesty between all three parties, and they're just starting to learn now. Especially after the elections, they started figuring out that really working together was to their benefit. Um, people really pushed for it. And I think now, before any of the parties make any type of decision, now's the time to pressure all the United Right parties. Personally, I think not to involve Zahun the same as you do. Um, I would think that um, instead of trying to entice Shaked to join um, Likud again and bring her back in to have them join the United Right parties, keep the first five to six seats, all the top leaders from those parties have a primaries for the rest of the list and uh, start running on the ground. And I think that together that could end up reaching 15 mandates, which if Netanyahu gets his 40... Well,
1: 15 15 might be a stretch, but...
2: Say 8 to 12?
1: It could get to 8. There's no reason it couldn't do 8.
2: Well, well, before we end this, because this was all about Zoom, do you think Lieberman has anything to gain because he's basically screwed over all these parties? So do you think by holding onto his standard and fighting over the hokagius the draft law he can possibly get gain let's say 17 to 20 mandates or he's gonna well, completely oh, come on
1: lose oh, come on come on in in the election that just passed he came out with 5
2: well it's right? obviously that certain parties it's all very the, obvious that certain parties are dying it's really like
1: all the right all the right parties came out narrow okay they came out really narrow and Likud grew. I don't think that's, I don't think that's subject to major change.
2: Do you think can Likud grow more like that? People walk away from the smaller. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah. I think, right that, I, I, yes, I think because, uh, one of the things that Netanyahu has played multiple times is if I don't get enough support well, it's per- and, and now he actually has a demonstrable, yeah. a demonstrable situation where that happened.
2: I, I agree with that. 100%. So I
1: think Likud will come out with more seats, uh, I'm, I don't think that the other side, blue and white, yeah. could come out with more. I think they got as many as they could because they, they gutted labor.
2: Interesting. Oh, I don't know if they even have a chance. I mean, there's been a lot of infighting with them. I don't understand well, why they're uh, managing uh, to sit around the table and agree uh,
1: Assuming they stayed together and assuming that they continued to get the support they got, the only other option they have would be running together with labor.
2: Well, I don't think Labour would ever want to join Gantz. It would they s- have their like core values and, well, uh, I agree. and their ideology, and their ideology will not let them touch Gantz with a 10-foot pole.
1: I would agree. That seems unlikely. But if they do, then you have a real horse race where Netanyahu would have to stand up and say, everyone must come to Likud, because then it actually would be a two-party race.
2: And did they give up a golden opportunity, Labour, to be able to form the government and... Uh, solve this whole election crisis that was oh following. yeah
1: we had that discussion last night as well I think that was completely foolish of them when Netanyahu came to them at the last minute and said join me get a ministry uh, when he was you,
2: offering them three ministries well I,
1: you know what I don't know what he was offering or not the, the article I said read was a ministry and, and some um, committees some committees but it doesn't matter when you're down to six seats the only way you can recover is to demonstrate doing things. Mm-hmm. and being in the government is how you demonstrate doing things. So they would have been the savior of the governmental system because we didn't go to another election, and they would have been in charge of a significant one of the top ministries, mm-hmm. so they would have had power and influence to be able to do things for their constituencies, and that it, they would have come in the next election and pulled back the people that went over to blue and white, and they would have been back to 20.
2: Interesting. Well, as, it guess, is, as it is, are they doomed this election, or did well, the left lose its belief in Netanyahu to be able to form a government? Besides all the Netanyahu crazy hate out there, um, I think the I, I,
1: I think the 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 core left is gone. It's not gone, but the core left is down to fifteen percent.
2: And where's it switched over to?
1: You, well, like everyone else, everyone else who's not Likud or the right, the rightist parties. Is trying to play and call themselves the middle parties. So well, we have there,
2: there is no middle.
1: Well, that's what they try and refer to themselves as. So that's what blue and white is this time. Is a group of people saying they're the middle. As I as I've said many times, I believe they've only stood for and they only present one idea, which is not BB. We are not BB. <laughs> right. That's all they. That's all. Literally, they've said nothing else. What's the difference in your policies? We are not BB. Um, and the, you know, each member on their list, you, by member by member, you go on their list, they aren't even... It's the
2: same mantra. You know, no,
1: no, I'm just saying they're, and they're completely, in many ways, they're even political opposites in their own, okay. in their own, if it even qualifies as a party, right? So, um, I think they're another one or two term, one or two Knesset party. You mean that Blue will, and White. Blue and White. I, I don't think they'll yeah. last... Well, if, you know, because, because they, there is no, there's no essence there and there's no core there. One of the things you can say about like labor and Likud and whatever is they've been around for a long time, they actually have primaries, they actually have a system, they actually have central committees for managing and whatever. Mm-hmm. And the processes may not always be perfect, they may not be fair, they may not be reasonable, they may be subject to manipulation, but it's not a guy just making up a party. They actually have some system and history. So I think losing labor would be a loss for the country And I don't know if they'll recover, but I think that, yes, blue and white will go down. And when they do, Labour hopefully will partially recover. And as much as I'm not a Labour voter and I don't believe in their values, I like that there is a competition of ideas.
2: Interesting. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, We'd love to have you back, share your thoughts, and uh, we'll see you again.
1: And now for our exciting end song. Non copyrighted
0: podcast ending music. Yes, just stop. Hi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. yi 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 Ay, Hey! 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 it Hey! it. Hey! 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 bit, Hey! Hey! Hey!